Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. It's Gerald Glassford. Come right back at you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. And in a special episode, I thought we'd go ahead and talk a little bit more about one of the things that we like to do here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's tabletop role-playing games. And as the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook, we get a lot of action in as far as tabletop RPGs are concerned. But one of the things I get constantly asked is... Is D&D approachable? Dungeons & Dragons is played by millions across the world, but yet there's still others that I guess think that it's a little harder to get into. I know that I had not played on a personal level since the late 80s, and when the pandemic hit, one of the things I wanted to go ahead and do different things and search out different things, and one of the things I wanted to do was get back into Dungeons & Dragons, but I was intimidated. I was not sure if it was the right thing for me at this point in time in my life, and I wasn't sure if I was able to go ahead and get back into it. Was there so many things I had to learn, so many things I had to remember? Was it accessible? That was the key to in order to go ahead and see whether or not I could get back into it. And you know what? Two years later, I've had a great time getting back into it. You catch me every now and then at the Demolition Force on Mondays, plus also as well, Mitch does a great job DMing on the weekend with his games. Melinda and Rob with Vampires of Vitae and also Melinda with her Wizards and Wine. We do a great job each and every week of presenting to you just how easy it is to go ahead and get back into the world of tabletop RPG games. We've got so many different people and so many different great players that play along with us. And here today to talk about that first up, I'm hoping to get more guests on so we can have a full DM roundtable. But first up, good person indeed. You got to go ahead and check him out each and every Monday when he goes ahead and tries to destroy Rogers Games each and every Monday on the television course. It is Adam Smith. And Adam, great to have you here. You know, elaborate more on the accessibility of D&D. For me, I started playing D&D back in the mid-80s with the first edition of Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. I had a great time with it. From there, I quickly transition to some other games middle earth role-playing iron crown enterprises Rollmaster, star frontiers cyberpunk came out around at what 87 88 and i played a good bit of that as well unfortunately to the DD realm the majority of my experience is in that Rollmaster second edition but the things that i have done over the past 35 plus years in, in gaming is really transcendent of the game and so it's not necessarily the particular rule set, but how you approach any rule set that can make it really accessible to both new players and old players alike. A great way to still be able to experience Dungeons & Dragons and an easier way to get into it, I think, for a lot of people is through the magic of Roll20 and other online services that support Dungeons & Dragons. It just makes everything so accessible and right there for you. Yeah. I think we're going to be able to get on the folks from Vampires and Vitae. They're on every Sunday live on the Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook and also as well wherever you get your podcast each and every week. Melinda, Rob, my question to both of you out there, and I don't know if Roger's with you or not, but I know he will be with you shortly if that's the case. What is the ease of accessibility? If you could describe how accessible D&D is... How easy is it for people to get into Dungeons & Dragons? To actually get into it, you can literally download PDF files on the internet. So much of it is free. If you have a friend that has a book, if you, even if you don't have access to internet, you can just, like, if you're getting into it, there's going to be so many resources, whether that be at your local game shop, whether that be your friends, well, I mean, like, a lot of people played in high school. 
especially because people around you that are also into the hobby as well are going to do a lot of things to try to help you get into the hobby. They're going to help you make a character. They're going to help you break through that wall. If it's a paywall, that paywall is pretty much non-existent. I mean, a lot of this information, like I said, is out there for free. All you need is an imagination, a group of friends that want to hang out, and about two hours to kill, and you can play D&D. Only two hours? About, well, I'm going to kill the dragon first. I just wanted to mention also as well, Melinda's here, my co-host with me on the Fridays, PCC Multiverse, and Roger Hamilton. He's here as well. The man behind the great Monday action on the Demolition Force. He's the guy that goes ahead and controls all the action. Before we get into the challenge for today and the create a character challenge that I have for all three of you, Melinda, Tell me your thoughts as far as how easy do you think it is for somebody out there that's saying, hey, this is, looks like you guys are having fun, but I'm really intimidated by what's going on and how to get into tabletop RPGs. Well, I mean, I think when we all started in D&D, for some of us, it wasn't that long ago. You know, you're, you're going to learn from other people uh, that you meet and that you end up sitting down at a table with. And it's a little bit easier these days because we have things like Discord and we have things like Facebook that are helping to connect people who maybe don't have somebody in their immediate friend group who is involved in D&D, but you can always find a local group. There's enough gaming stores and comic book stores that carry D&D stuff that they can help you point in the direction of groups who may be looking for new players, um, all of that kind of stuff. And for the most part, uh, at least in my experience, and perhaps I've been very lucky, it really has been full of wonderful people who have really made an effort to make me feel welcome at the table and to help me kind of figure stuff out. And that's, that's a huge part of taking away some of that intimidation factor. And I think that the community as a whole, when it comes to D&D, are starting to see maybe some of the roadblocks that have been in place in the past and they're starting to kind of work away at, at chipping away some of those blockages that were there before. Now, Roger, as the host of our chaotic, and I'm saying that word nicely, Monday games, you deal with a lot of newbies. You also deal with a lot of experienced individuals, but you've dealt with a lot of newbies, myself included, coming back to it after 30 years. So I want to hear your thoughts as far as how accessible do you think it is in today's environment to go ahead and get into Dungeons and Dragons? Uh, a lot more now than it, than it used to be. I mean, back when we were kids, you had to go find all the stuff and then buy yeah. it and then find the group. Nowadays, you can log into your computer and it's right there for you. You can instantly get a group and everything. So it's as accessibility it's really easy it's really simple and even some libraries now uh, carry some of the D&D source materials and uh, I've heard of some around the country that uh, will let you use one of their rooms to do a game or something in. but then there's game stores that are everywhere now and they have groups they've got the, uh, the Adventures League and they welcome new people all the time but if you go to a store, sometimes you're going to have to pay to play, but you can use their resources. So it's, it's a little different, but uh, yeah, like Robbie was saying, you can go to D&D Beyond or the Wizards of the Coast website now and download the free PDF of the starter kit, pretty much. Get everything you need to know for, for monsters, for uh, dungeon mastering, and for being a player. It, it's all right there and, and it's technically free. that even includes dice because you yeah. get digital dice out of that so yep. you don't even have to go and get some dice i mean completely free if you have internet access yeah I, i've always welcomed newbies because i i like converting people to nerds bring <laughs> 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 out there pretty good at it over the years well this, it was the nerd was already there you're just freeing the nerd yeah yeah you just you, sometimes you got to cultivate a little bit but it, it all comes together and, and we've had oh my god we've had over 20 players in demolition force over the years and some of them were brand new i mean octavio when we very first started day one octavio was brand new had never played before right and unfortunately life happened and he had to go get a damn job so and a girlfriend <laughs> man he, two at once yeah so <laughs> Uh, I, I really enjoy bringing new players in, especially into my game, because I have so many veterans, and uh, 
half of the, the, the players are also DMs. So it's, I think it's a pretty welcoming environment uh, into a game like the one that we play in. I have seen a lot of people who are like gatekeepers and they're like, no, we don't want the new people. No, they'll just ruin it with their ideas. <laughs> what it's about. Not hard and fast rules, it's guidelines and you're supposed to have fun. Yeah, it's more of guidelines. <laughs> <laughs> but once again, it's the DM Roundtable here at the Pop Culture Cosmos by personal request and by listener request we are back at it once again right here our great dms are here giving their thoughts adam i I think we've got something evil in mind as far as for our crew there at vampires and vitae i want to go ahead and pose a challenge to them but before we do i want to hear your thoughts on creating a character most players and most people have some sort of a point of reference when it comes to the game be that king arthur robin hood a movie they saw, Lord of the Rings, etc. they understand what a Legolas is or a Gandalf is or a Robin Hood or a King Arthur. So they have these archetypes in mind. But we're not going to find out what you are yet. We're going to go stat by stat. And so you roll that 14. Wow, you're actually stronger than most people in this world. Why? And I ask the I ask the new player why. Well, um, I worked for a blacksmith. Maybe I had to wield a hammer. I was like, okay, let's go with that. That sounds great. So you you worked as an apprentice blacksmith. And then next up, we're going to roll the dice again, and here comes dexterity. And oh my goodness, this person rolls a seventeen. They are just incredible with their hands, with their quickness, their their actual manual agility is, is off the charts from a normal person. And when you can explain that to them as a DM, you ask the question again, why? Why would you be that dexterous? And, and you just probe back and forth with questions while creating the character. And that allows them to answer. And in doing so, they are creating the actual personality, the actual background uh, of something that didn't exist prior to them rolling the dice. And from the DM standpoint, you are getting snippets of ideas for this character's backstory that you can incorporate into the campaign. By the time it's all said and done, you have a different level of understanding of what this person they're creating is and why they are that way you can then use that as a base point to flesh out where they're starting from from the dm standpoint what could be but also going backwards to explain some extra side stories some extra things about their character you're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? So let me get this straight. We're going to play a like a video game together? or Well, not exactly. Okay, fine. W- where's the controller? Uh, that's it's, it's right here. This is literally a sheet of paper. I don't understand what you... Well, here, re- you're going to need these two. Dice? You just had... Are these even dice? We are going to play Vampire the Masquerade. It's a role-playing game. What kind of vampire do you want to be? Okay, now you're telling me there's more than one kind of vampire? Oh, my friend, you have no idea. There's an Osferatu, there's Vampires and Vitae, an actual play podcast. Season 2 to Pop Culture Cosmos. But also here today, actually on the road, driving safely, there you go, is Victor, Victor Lopez. He also goes ahead and DMs a lot of great games for us on the Cosmos, and of course, a major part of our Demolition Force. Thank you so much for joining us, but I know you wanted to really get involved. And before I get the crew from Vampires of Vitae into a challenge on creating a character, I'm so excited to get them on. That's going to be fun. Let me hear your thoughts. People have apprehensions because I know that you DM games. I know some people have come up to you and say they're kind of intimidated by Dungeons and Dragons. If somebody comes up you know, and says, you know, a tabletop RPG by Dungeons and Dragons, they're intimidated. There's a wall that's seemingly between them and playing what do you try to do to break down those walls well for one i want to emphasize that 
hey, we're here to have fun. That, that, that's the number one goal of any activity or social activity that people engage in, especially in a, a tabletop role-playing realm, right? Like, I, as a player, when I first started this whole thing, was like, hey, you know what? Like, I'm bound to certain standards and settings that games put on me, right? So, like, if I'm playing World of Warcraft, if I pick a paladin, I can only be a certain race or a few races that will allow me to actually play a paladin. And I can only play three specs of a paladin, say, Retribution. That's hard-coded into a lot of games that I enjoy, and that was taking the fun out of it. So when it came to Dungeons and Dragons, I could mold a character without, uh, well, there were restrictions, but not in the sense where it's like, hey, you're, you're stuck to this archetype or this or that. So I always say, hey, you know, you can mold your character exactly how you want to. And ultimately, that that's what brings out a lot of fun. That's what attracted me to it. It's like, all right, I could break down a few barriers just by creating a character that I like to play. If I want to wield a little bit of magic, and if I want to be a little sneaky about it, then I can do that in this game. That's how I open up with it. It's like, hey, what kind of character would you like? Like, well, what are you thinking of? And ultimately, that character becomes your baby. It becomes really, really fun. And then to see it play out with a good DM, uh, <laughs> that's my pitch for it. It's like, hey, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I've got five great DMs here. I wish I was a DM, but I want to go ahead and get back to the crew from BNB because I've got a challenge for you guys. I've got Roger, I've got Robbie. And I've got Melinda right there for you, the crew behind Vampires of Vitae. So I pose the challenge to you guys. And we'll go ahead and have you guys go ahead and talk about how you do this. But I've got a challenge for you. Melinda said to me in an original email that she said we should have Jose do a challenge as far as a create a character challenge just to show how approachable it is. And it can be done within just a few minutes. So I leave it over to you vampires and vitae i want you to go ahead and create three characters and just show everyone out there and also whoever's listening out there to go ahead and find out exactly how easy it is from point a to point z to have a character that's ready to go to play a tabletop rpg game all right, so are we're talking level one characters, correct? Are we talking? Yes. Okay. Are we talking for vampire? Or are we talking for D? No, we're D talking D for D and D. Vampire could take weeks. Yeah, vampires, not that easy. Okay. Weeks. A little bit different. All right. I'm kind of feeling chromatic dragonborn. So, nice. all right. What, what, what color do you want to go for? Um. I'm doing a different see. one. Are you already creating your own? Here, yeah. All right. So Rod's got his own thing going all right. on. All right. Um, all right. I, th I'm f I think we're going to go blue. Okay. I'm feeling so you lightning. Want lightning all day. Yeah. So, all right, let's kind of theme that out. Yeah. Uh, you know, why don't we go to, since we're going to do blue uh, dragon, why don't we, no, let's not do paladin. Why don't Cleric? We do, I was thinking uh, the sorceress. The wrath of God is thunder. No, I was thinking sorceress. Oh, like, that's uh, not nearly as much fun. Why? Okay. Sorceress. A... Okay. Sorcerer's skill. Which one do you want? Arcana, uh, Deception, Insight, Intimidation, Persuasion, or Religion. Well, it's a dragon board. Just got to go Intimidation, right? <laughs> okay. Electric Dragon. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, Persuasion or Religion? Does she a Zealot? Does she believe in her own kind? Well, that's a Sorcerer. Yeah, there you go. Perhaps. Yeah. And... I am up to my ability scores. I personally really like point by. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll do rolling, but in D&D &D Beyond, because D&D Beyond is a little bit different because you have to pick your, your race and your class before you get your stats. Yeah. Right. So in D&D Beyond, I almost always use, use point by because you can direct your points to where it needs to be for the character that you've already chosen. 
Otherwise, if I'm making a character on paper, I'll roll my dice and get my stats first and then figure out what I want this character to be based on the stats that I have available. So you do it a little bit like, uh, um, like, so like you, you base yours on the stats that you roll at the beginning. Pretty much. Yeah. See, I, I don't start a character that way at all. Like I, I come up with a voice or I like look at an intention. Like for example, in a Seven Smokes game tonight, um, I got kind of put under the gun and they weren't able to have the new race I was looking for. I was looking for this new uh, hippopotamus people, right? And it seemed really interesting. I was like, ah, we're going to throw like a one shot. So I'll play him a little bit like Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, big cigar out of his mouth, barbarian. Well, that's not on D&D Beyond yet. Like it hasn't been released. So I had to start from scratch yesterday. So I ended up, I was like, well, I'm already kind of tied into Barbarian. I want Barbarian. So I was like, well, it would be an interesting Barbarian. So I came across the Air Genasi, and I thought that would be like a, um, pretty much a gen or a genie type individual. And I'm like, well, what is Air? What's Genasi? Like, how, how would it be? And I ended up with like this, uh, like from the Arctic Sea Captain kind of feel that, mm-hmm. like, is, that I'm pushing through. So you can, you can find your inspiration from anywhere. We're currently in our point by right now. He looks to be a lot of constitution. Yeah, uh, so Sorcerer is con and charisma based, mm-hmm. but um, with uh, the new books that have come out, um, you know, you don't, you're not constrained to those traditional um, choices now when you're picking your characters. So, um, but I'm starting there, and we're gonna just see how it looks. Um, intelligence. Uh, we need more of that. Let's Who needs more intelligence? That That's a dump stat. No, it is not. <laughs> Wisdom is often my dump stat yeah, <laughs> for right. some reason. Yeah, right. Try to be a try to be a wizard. Yeah. Most powerful build in the game without. So after you after you start playing for a little while and you've made a couple of characters, you get to understand how the different characters, different uh, classes and races and stuff fit together with the stats. And a lot of people pick a dump stat for a particular type. And the dump stat is the one that you're going to have the lowest statistics in, or the lowest numbers in. So I have my character made. My guy is a rock gnome barbarian. Nice. Well, tell us about him. Now do the actual character aspect of it. He's about three and a half feet tall. Okay. And he wields a short sword and two hand axes. Okay. Because he can't really handle a long sword because it's... Right. More than twice his size. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you just you get into a battle and you see this little three and a half foot tall gnome come charging at you with a sword and he's got a fifteen strength to start. Okay. So he's a beefy little guy. He's like a fire plug. Okay. He's nice. coming charging at you with his little sword. And what you're seeing right there is actually, I think, kind of like the idea or the essence of what we're actually talking about. He's made his stats. He's had, he's had some very basic choices, very easy to follow. You don't need to have a huge amount of lore to understand what he's talking about. But he's already starting to develop his character. Now yeah. he's got this little, you know, short squat guy that, like, you know, like... The visualization is already starting to influence what I'm sure that you'd be yeah, he's got He's got longer too. than normal ears for a gnome because he's a rock gnome. Right. And they're normally a little more lean. This guy's a little more beefy. Sure. But also, as you're creating a character, especially if you're doing it in a digital format, uh, it gives you options with creating a character. In, in, not everybody has been playing as long as, as some of us. <laughs> but they have features and traits for your character that are pre-built. And if you're if you're just getting started out and your mind's not really in the place where you can just develop a character out of thin air like most of us here can, it helps you with these little steps and and you can even roll a die to see which one of those things you can completely randomly generate your character, honestly. And it, it's a lot of fun to do that and throw that into a campaign. More if you're doing like a one shot or something like that, because usually winds up not being a very strong character if you do everything random. Sure. But our friend Tyler's getting ready to do a whole campaign that way. That is true. Yeah. And that's going to be crazy. Yeah. 
But I mean, like, like if, I, if I was just jumping off of your character right now, mm -hmm. and you mentioned this l big, long broadsword, right? Because we're talking about the character, not just putting it in the numbers. We're talking about the character, right? Like, so how does that character feel about that sword? Is it too big on purpose? Like, yeah. is, is he... like well, I gave he... this guy a short sword. Okay. Because he can't handle the long sword. Oh, so you gave Just the hilt of the sword sure. is, is going to be almost as big as him. Yeah. So just physically, I mean, you, you got to think about all these different things. Yeah, it's fantasy. You could have this guy with the, the sword from Final Fantasy. And sure, it's, it's a 95-foot right, right, sword, yeah. and he just wields it with one hand. It's fantasy, but I like to throw a little bit of realism in it. Sure. This guy's only three and a half feet tall. Yeah. He can't handle a sword that's eight feet long. So that's where I went with that, with the short sword and the hand axes. But he's still a barbarian. Right. So he still has barbarian power. He still has rage. Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine this gnome coming, charging at a dragon. Terrifying. Raging. Yeah, right. With his short sword in one hand and a hand axe in the other. And those are the questions you need to be asking yourself. I mean, like, what happens when this gnome barbarian meets a Goliath barbarian? Now, right. on paper, they're the same, you know what I mean? Yep. Like, of course, there's going to be some dots different and blah, blah, blah. Some of have racial traits that would be positive and negative for both mm -hmm. builds. But, like, when, when you yourself have come up with this rock gnome barbarian, like, not Roger, but, like, you know, somebody at home, mm -hmm. like, how does he feel when he meets a giant person that also is good at what he does? Is, is there a difference? Does he look at himself differently? You know what I mean? Like, and those little questions can really kind of drive... You know like the the internal monologue that the character has yeah and that goes back to where where Adam what Adam was talking about is why does why did this gnome decide to be something that most gnomes are not right he decided to be a barbarian sure why did he decide to be a barbarian right. how did he get to that point in his life you also get to decide the age of your character the sex whatever the the gender uh, the way they're that they're they're expanding D&D uh, now. Wizards of the Coast is opening it up so that you can pretty much play any race in the game, any species in the game. Sure. And your character can be handicapped or disabled or something like that, and you figure out ways to work around that. Sure. There's people mm -hmm. who are gender fluid in the game now, and it, it's just it's open to everything there's no boundaries there's yep. no limits and with the new expansions they have coming out there's literally going to be no limits because you're going to be able to go into space you're going to be able to have all these extra character races and stuff that you couldn't play before right right but it's it's all up to the players and the dm sure what do we got over here okay so we have our chromatic dragonborn blue so he's very lightning based his name is stefan van blue Okay. <laughs> but we went with the urban bounty hunter background, and when I was going through and picking his equipment and the gear that he starts the game with, I chose a set of fine clothes. Here's why. Oh. He is an urban bounty hunter, but all of his bounties are among the upper crust of society. See, see now that this is good character development, because this is just stuff that you're just getting choices from. Yeah. Like, literally, D&D Beyond is giving you these options. And you're already starting to get a picture of who this person is. You know, the gentleman thief bounty hunter guy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And he prides himself on his ability to collect on the larger rewards. So he's going to be starting the game with maybe, a, if the DM would approve it, a little bit extra gold in his pouch than the customary 15 or 25 that you usually get when you start. Yeah, he's been very successful, but, you know, hunting among the rich does get rather dull, darling. <laughs> it does, darling. Yeah. So he has decided to take on adventuring, darling, just to see what is what and how things are going, you know, into that realm and, and to it, see if there really is more gold in it. And just to stop you there, because this is about character development, right? Like, see, yeah. all she's doing is she's taking the initial facts that we currently have. We know she's making some guesses of what that would do to that person. And then, look, out comes a voice. You know, like, darling, you know, sh sh oh my God, I can't believe I can't be bothered anymore. Loathes being dirty, so yeah. it'll be very interesting when he's adventuring. You know and this is just from like five traits right now that we're yeah. taking that are stock that you don't have to come up with yourself, but you just get context clues by the choices that you've already made. Now oh. I'm mad, I want to play him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. 
And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, holy grails, playsets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV. Canada. All right. So, what else we got going on with this? Uh, that's that's as far as I've gotten with him. Yeah, and, so, and, and that is more than enough than level one. You know yeah. what I mean? And with like, mine, I hadn't assigned a background because okay. I clicked the wrong button. So oh, I just dear. went back and I gave him a background. So he is of a noble background. Nice. He's the uh, fifth in line for the crown. So he sees that his chance is never going to come up. So he decided to go do something with his life. Yeah, he became a barbarian. Oh. Man, you know what I've just decided about our characters? Your character was our last bounty, and we've ended up in the same adventuring group. There we okay, go. Well, well, see, well, there's a complete circle there, right? So you have one individual that is a noble. You have a person that is faking being a noble, almost. Now, all of a sudden, you have the beginning of an adventuring party. They know immediately how to interact with one another. You've kind of tr taken on and almost despise nobles in a certain way that's going to influence the way that the two characters bounce off of each other and this is what just simple obviously the characters end up being bffs yeah of course but i mean obviously uh, i mean like uh, who wouldn't <laughs> want to see that story darling if it was but, vampires um, of Vita, they'd be more than bff yeah, yeah. <laughs> so right. that goes in a different direction <laughs> yeah. but you can see the kind of like the basics and the nit grit of of like within a very short amount of time, not only do we have one character build, but we have two character builds. So the natural back and forth of their interaction is gonna be pretty naturally based, at least in the beginning. And also you don't have to have all the answers. Like, like part of becoming a character or part of doing a character is finding out what makes the character awesome. You know what I mean? Like you, you may start off hating a certain thing, and the character arc is finding out why you shouldn't be hating it or hated it wrong in the wrong place, or now you really want to kill it. That's perfectly fine too. <laughs> right. But but, uh, but, but with this, just these simple little choices, these tiny little things that, that what they're going to do is they're going to influence and accent. Even if you're not an actor at all, you don't have to do a voice. You don't have to do. But like if you have if you have it in your mind that they are this way, it's going to come through even with just your normal speaking voice. You know, like you don't have to put on a show and make right. all these ideas. But when when you hear snobby British noble, even if you can't do the accent, you can hear it. You know what I mean? You've seen enough content now in modern or if you're society. Old enough, you think of Thurston Howell the Third? Yeah, you, yeah, you, you lovey, darling. I mean, like, you, you can just go right there, and you can just, you can capture that image in your mind, and if that's correct for what you want to do, steal. I, I, I tell everyone all the time, yep. steal as much as humanly possible. It's the best thing that you can do. When I build a character, I, I am the player that hands the DM, like, three sentences for a backstory. And the reason that happens is because I like to live in the character before I make too many decisions about them. And we've seen the evolution of Maddie. You know, yep. she ended up picking up a couple levels of wizard as a barbarian. And, you know, her storyline is kind of developed out a little bit more that way. When I designed Maddie, that was not what I had in mind. What I had in mind was I have never played a barbarian. Let's see how this goes. And I rolled her up and started playing. And she's kind of taken on a bit of a life of her own through the game. It's, one of the things I really like doing is, is every time I make a new character, I try to do something that I haven't done before, yeah. a, a race, a class, or a combination of the two, something like yeah. that, a different background. And I always want to try something new. I never want to make the same character again because I've already done it. Yeah. And there's so many options. There's literally millions and millions of options mm -hmm. with mixing all the character races, classes, subclasses, and stuff like that, all the abilities, the backgrounds. It, it's, it's almost infinite. Yeah. On, on developing these characters and then you come up with your own story for it mm -hmm. so there's no, there's not going to be two characters that are the same we could build the same character and we're going to come up with backstories that are different so our characters will still be different yeah and we're going to even if we have the same exact stats we're going to make different choices with when to use that right like, like maybe your character doesn't heal the fallen guy you know maybe they're saving that big uh, spell slot to try to kill the enemy where the other person is that's all they're about, you know what I mean? So 
yep. even with the same stats, you're you're going to have vastly different outcomes. But as you can tell, we all like to talk a lot. And we haven't <laughs> let anybody else chat in. So we'll pass it back off to everybody. But before you guys head on out, because I know you got to prepare for your game, please go ahead and give everybody the major plug on Vampires and Vitae. And then I'm going to turn it over to Adam and Victor, who are going to be creating their own characters just to show additionally how easy it is to go ahead and create D&D characters. But again, please let everyone know out there, Robbie and Melinda and Roger, about your games that you do on a weekly basis right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. I do want to say that I think that all the characters built today should participate in a one-shot somewhere down the road. I was just thinking that too. Yeah, it's I have. Yeah, I think that's a. I think that's a great idea. Oh, I'm sorry, I forget the question already. Vampires of Vitae. Oh, Vampires of Vitae. Yeah, uh, it starts in about 40 minutes. We kick off the live stream at 1:30. It's based in the world of darkness, which is uh, a little grittier. And Steam D Jason. It is based on more of a a world that is based in modern day society compared to what would be uh, like fantastical. Of course, you could do a DD game in today's whatever. If you want to look at characters, this is a wonderful place. You're tuning in specifically for character. Watch us do some really interesting stuff. We have great people around the table. I changed my voice about 75 times. I don't know who's <laughs> usually in there. Not me. I mean, it's a bunch of other people. But uh, it's mostly uh, but, Frank. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, one of those things. I, uh, so uh, I'll tell you what. I'll sign us off with there. So you like D&D? I think you do. Well, maybe you like that. I mean, who knows? It can't just be a thing. So uh, we hope to see you there. It's going to be every Sunday. But just uh, throw that out there. This is Frank. I mean, yeah, the Frank. And uh, we'll, uh, you know, see you next time. Roger, I know you've got your great game as well on Mondays, The Demolition Force. Yeah, so Demolition Force started out early 2020. So, yeah, we've been going for about two years now. Started out as uh, just a, a little thing Gerald wanted to do online and he had a DM set up and all and uh, me and a couple other people were joining first time I had ever played online and the DM canceled at the last minute so I was like well roll 20 already gave me the lost mind of Fandelver game for free because of the COVID thing so I was like all right Gerald I don't want to ruin your stream so if you want I could DM I haven't done it in 30 years but I could do it, and when the guy comes back, we'll just pick up with hits. And we played that day, and it was absolutely horrible. I think Gerald burned that one. Uh, the entire <laughs> computer that it was saved on, not just uh, any kind of videotape or anything. But it's still going today. I went through that entire module. Gerald is the only other person than me that was there the first day. Once we got to the end of it, everybody was like, but but, but we want we want to fight dragons. We, we want to go find that green dragon, and we want to kill it, and we want to do this, and we want to do that. So I was like, okay. So I put some thought into it, and I extended the story, and it's become this massive homebrew monstrosity that we're approaching 100 sessions of now and gone through 20 some players I, I keep a lot of players in the game because people have lives and if you're in my game you can't make it one week okay your character's just not there but if there's a tpk hey that character's still gonna live so it's sometime between two and three we, we get on there because it's difficult getting that many people together every single week at the same time but check us out we'll be there tomorrow between two and three we play until six and that's all Pacific time. Once again, it's Roger Hamilton. He is of the Demolition Force. It's on every Monday. And in case you can't watch our live showcases, you can go always go ahead and check us out. It'll be there in the archives for at least a little while. Now I will tell you the first episode was burned by Facebook, not me. I will say that, but I do have it on file just for giggles. Plus it's also available on the YouTube channel as well. So. Yes, if you want to go ahead and check out some great tabletop RPG action, of course, big shout out to Mitch, who does his stuff on the weekend, Victor, who stops on by and does his stuff every now and then, plus also as well, Demolition Force on Monday, and Vampires and Vitae every Sunday as well. If you can't catch it live, please go ahead and check it out on Twitch, YouTube, and especially Facebook at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But before we head on out, before I ask Adam and Victor the final question I want to ask them, 
I want to go ahead and give them a chance to go ahead and create the characters, but also thank you so much to Vampires of BTA for stopping by because I know they need to prepare for, for their games, but I'm going to get Adam and Victor back on to go ahead and close us on out. Guys, you are up for the challenge in creating hey, yeah. characters as well, so I leave the floor to you guys now to go ahead and create the challenge. I did want to mention again, and I wanted to mention this. I know Adam was, was going to uh, just reassure you, everyone out there. If you are even just unsure about all the possibilities, it's overwhelming and it goes over your head as far as creating a character, you can always choose a pre-built character right from the get-go. Get you started and on the way. So Adam and Victor, I leave it now up to you. You can go ahead and create your characters. I turn it over to you, Adam and Victor. All right. So the way I want to do this is Victor... Yes. You, you and I have been friends for a while, mm -hmm. and I've actually been looking to restart a D&D &D campaign. I have somebody that, that's pretty experienced, but I know you and a couple of the other guys have never played D&D &D before, but I think you guys are going to have a ton of fun. All right, what do you this. got? <laughs> well, you know, we've already had a conversation about point of reference, talking about things like Conan the Barbarian, The Princess Bride, Lord of right. the Rings. So you have kind of an understanding of what fantasy is. Mm -hmm. And now what we're going to do is we're going to create something that is going to be our fantasy. It's going to be our story and how we put it together. Okay. And so I know there's a lot of rule books. I know it's really intimidating. But I think we can start this off fairly quickly. And we can get you rolling and, and kind of understanding who you're going to be in this entire thing as well. So... We already talked about the dice rolling and, yes. and kind of what a stat means. So we're going to start that off right now. That's going to be our very first step in finding out who you are in this world I've created. All now, right. one really quick thing, just a little bit of background for you, mm -hmm. is that no matter what your character becomes, this is what your character knows. Okay. At this point, there's a rather large city that I have named City A because I am not a creative DM on the fly. Uh -huh. And outside of City A are a bunch of rural farming communities that actually supply that city. Okay. Now, there's a great forest off to the, to the east, and that houses a few different races and a few little, you know, kind of like hippie settlements. Oh, okay. And then off to the west is a coast, and there's a, a couple of small towns that are like fishing villages. Yeah. And that's that's the entirety of what your character understands about the world. Okay. Now we're going to go ahead and create your character. So you have your 3D6, right? Yes. All right. So what I need you to do right now is we're going to start by figuring out how strong is your character. And because I'm a nice DM and I don't want anyone to be too far behind the curve, if you roll a one, I need you to re-roll that particular dice. Okay. So we're not going to accept that. So go ahead and roll your strength right now. Let's see what you end up with. Uh, we're rolling a 3d6. That would be correct. Okay, 17. A 17 is yes. astronomical. When you a think six, about a, a six and a five. When you think about a 17 when it comes to strength, yes. you are talking about professional level, even going upwards of Olympic level weightlifters. Okay. This is a person that is extremely well built and, and incredibly strong compared to the rest of the population. Now, wow. I got to ask you a question. Yes. And I'm, we're just going to do a basic one. Why would your character be so strong? What have you, What has your character done? Well, you mentioned farming settlements that uh, help uh, supply the city A of goods and such. So definitely uh, grew up in a farming community. Okay, so a farming community. You would have been one of the people that worked on the farm. Yes, labor. Kind of like, you know, is throwing hay bales and that right. stuff. Now, was that, uh, was that one of your parents' farms or was that maybe another family member or were you working within the community? Uh, yeah, I, w I would have to say probably one of my parents' farms. Uh, okay, so your parents yeah. owned a farm and you yes. worked on that farm growing up. Yes. You know, that's a great reason to explain why your character is so hardy and strong. <laughs> the next thing we're going to do is we're going to roll 3d6 again and we're going to find out how dexterous your character is. Oh, a 15. My goodness, sir. <laughs> yes. You know, you're not only, uh, like I said, almost uh, what we would consider Olympic-level strength for a professional athlete when it comes to that, but you are extremely coordinated and fast as well. Mm -hmm. 
Now that could be something that might involve some of perhaps maybe the animals on the farm as well, being able to react to, oh, right. to what they would do. That's a possibility. You but get then, that, gotta chase them down. <laughs> there could be some other things aside that, but why do you think that your character would have become that? What why uh, why would your character become so agile? Well, honestly, uh go, going back off of our um our parents' farm, definitely don't want to lose livestock. And okay. uh sometimes uh the fencing or the other animals that have to keep them at bay, they slack. And so where the slack falls off, I have to pick up. <laughs> All right. So you feel a bit of a strong family connection in making sure that your family's farm yeah. uh, wor works out well. And, and you felt that responsibility and you, you handled it. Oh, of course. And, and not only just for my family's farming profits, but also for the city. Oh. Like, yeah. If we start to lose stuff, uh, <laughs> the city suffers uh, ultimately. Thanks for checking out the PCC. You know, the pop culture cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Now what we're going to do next is we're going to roll 3d6 again and this is going to be for your constitution. We're going to find out how healthy and how hardy your character is. Aha, uh -huh. so this one's about 11. Okay, now that's about average. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Could you think of a reason why you wouldn't necessarily be more healthy given your physical background? Do you, you know, have I, any kind of a, a, a disability or anything at I, all? I look at it as a vice. I, I maybe drink too much or I, I partake in... I'm imagining myself as a young adult, as a teenager young adult, coming of moment or coming of age type. So it's experimenting with things, and that experimentation has caused some some slight health delays. Yeah. So. All right, I can see how that would work into it as well. That 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 oh. makes some sense. The next couple stats we're going to roll into is going to give us more of an idea of uh, kind of your. Your book learning and right. your common sense. So we're going okay. to start off with your intelligence. Okay. And that's really going to be a factor of understanding uh, not what you know, but your ability to learn it. Okay. So let's take a look at that and let's roll 3d6. Ooh, nine. Okay, <laughs> nine. Again, it's not terrible. You're on the right. lower side of average, though. Can you think of a, a way to explain why your character wouldn't necessarily have... Uh, a greater understanding of the ability to learn new things. I feel it's it's honestly like how you just if you're growing up on a farm, that's all you know. Sometimes you, you're stuck to your routine. You so, get you up. Say, so you would say your character didn't feel a need to uh, stretch outside of what his daily activities were. All right, or I, I I don't feel that I'm ever gonna leave the farm life. It's it's gonna be day in day out bale hay feed the livestock uh and deliver the harvest <laughs> okay that sounds good so the next thing we're going to look at is your wisdom and this wisdom is going to give us kind of an idea of your street smarts and and how you would react to new information coming into you and how you would kind of reconcile that in your mind so let's roll the 3d6 for that we got a 12. a 12 you know that's actually a little bit above average yeah. So you might uh, you might have some anecdotes about you know you can't let all the cows out of the barn that right. sort of thing. You would have a, a more of an understanding than the average person when it comes to the, to the wisdom aspect, but you're not really the type of person that's set up for greater education and, and, and experience and understanding things that perhaps might be magical. You would definitely be at a disadvantage if that's a, the what you wanted to pursue not saying you can't pursue it but it's not your forte by any means maybe i've heard in passing because 
we attend uh, festivals every year. Maybe I've heard of adventures passing by, and it, it kind of stuck like, hey, you know, there may be something else out there than okay. just this life. <laughs> Certainly, and that could be something you want to pursue. The last thing we're going to do is we're going to look at your charisma, and this is kind of how you present yourself to the world and how the world perceives you. Okay. So let's go ahead and roll those 3d6 and see where we are. We're at a 14. You know what? That's actually pretty good. You would be a popular kid amongst the rural Yes, community. yes, yeah. <laughs> so that, uh, you know, maybe the girls or the boys or however it works out, you know, is are, are, are interested in you. You're a popular person. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, you, you definitely fit in well in the societal venue. Now, understanding all this about your rural upbringing, being very good at it, not very interested so much in learning bookish things, but being popular as well. We're going to start to look for a reason right now about why you would want to leave the farm. You know, I, I, I think it, it, it's just being at the festival and really hearing the passing adventurers come by. It's just like, whoa, what's never winter like? So... Given that understanding, there are a few things that you could kind of concentrate in. You might consider yourself a fighter in that using your physical attributes, you feel that you could stand up against something that were to threaten you. You right. might you might think of yourself uh, as roguelike, being so dexterous and able to handle animals and such, maybe working with some of the things around the farm that you would have to repair and that required a, a little bit more of a gentle look which way do you think your character might have gone yeah you know uh fighting fighting definitely might be something i'd be interested in but then yeah i look at myself and i'm like maybe fighting for the right reasons as paladin so you're saying your character might be religious yeah yeah it's it's, it's uh, a lot of it is made look again looking at the um, looking at those festivals and different uh, deities or people who represent different deities come so by. You would, and... So you would say that maybe one of those deities struck you, yes, and you felt a draw towards it. Exactly. There, you know yeah, what? that makes a ton of sense as to why we would have a paladin in that regard. It's, it's charismatic uh, that that can go that way, and then just being strong. Maybe I've heard a message or a sermon at the festival saying, hey, you know, do you like to protect those who can't protect themselves? And now at that point, <laughs> I'm just going to stop it and kind of explain what we just witnessed. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what race we decide on. That's something that can come after. But just through that, those questions of why or suggestions of this or that, you end up creating a character who grew up on a farm, who has a lot of physical interest in how he operated on that farm. Mm -hmm. You came up with ideas about passing festivals, giving him exposure to different religions and feeling that he might feel a draw towards it. As a level one character, you would be an absolute novice at being a paladin striking forward in that it might be the first thing you want to do is get to a temple and yeah. swear your allegiance to uh -huh. <laughs> we have just created an entire character personality background and provided me the dm with <laughs> opportunities to oh, yeah. grow everything and to explore backwards throughout the adventure oh no that is great oh, and yeah that what? is how easy it is just for rolling dice right? yeah. and asking questions <laughs> What's our timestamp on that? Uh, that that's, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's less than 15 minutes. And, and that's completely unscripted. Mm -hmm. That's just what we rolled, what we discussed, what we talked about. Yep, and, nice and, yeah. and before session zero, we can flesh all of that out and figure it out. You as a player, you're now interested and you're like, wait a minute, this guy sounds pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, it's like, hey, hold I want to <laughs> play him. Well, we got to do that one shot with all of our crazy and me as the DM <laughs> and yeah. me as the DM I have my idea of where I want the adventure to go but now you just gave me like three or four 
side quest alternatives uh-huh. that I can create and develop to flesh out the world and make it better, but more importantly, make it interesting to you and to me. And that is the That's essence right there. Yeah. of what <laughs> D&D is. That is That's the essence right of what role-playing is. And that is why I love it so much. Oh, yeah. That, that's great. That, ooh, got me excited. I'm like, huh. <laughs> I have to roll through this character a little more, yeah? <laughs> well, you guys done a, a tremendous job and of showing everyone out there and everyone listening out there exactly how easy it is to create characters. I want to thank you both for taking the time mm-hmm. as well to go ahead and, and doing so. I know, Adam, you're part of the Monday crew as well as you, Victor. Mm-hmm. I know, Victor, you have your own games going, but okay, I will leave you with this, guys, before we head on out. And I truly appreciate, again, the time that you've taken to speak with us today on this episode. But before we head on out, guys, you and I both know that Wizards of the Coast is lurking behind the scenes with an update, with a new edition coming (laughs) out here in the next couple years. At least they have the respect in telling players out there a couple years ahead of time. This is what we have on the horizon, is a new edition on the way. I ask you guys, and I'll start with you, Adam. Will this new edition that comes out, will it make it easier and more approachable for players to get into Dungeons & Dragons, or will it be more intimidating? You know, honestly, I think it'll always be easier for new players to come in. Um, Again, I started back in the 80s with first edition, I spent the majority of my time with D&D, the 2nd edition, but I've played so many other games, I really do reside in another game system entirely. But every edition that comes out, the rules, in all honesty, when it comes down to the core of what role-playing is, the rules are irrelevant. The creation of the story is what matters. The mechanics are secondary. So they're going to give us new mechanics. They're going to make it more exciting, I'm sure. But if you're able to create the stories together amongst your friends, amongst a group of people, amongst, honestly, brand new strangers, you can come together and you can create something wonderful. I think they're going to end up making it easier for people to join. I just hope they don't make it so easy that old farts like us aren't sitting there going, wait a minute, that's too easy. (laughs) I hope so for the same thing as well. And thank you so much, Adam. I truly appreciate you being part of today's show. But Victor, I will leave the last word for ah. you, my friend. With the new edition on oh, the horizon, uh-huh. will it make it easier or harder for people to go ahead and play D&D? With the new editions coming out, I really think it's going to be made for the masses because mm-hmm. of just how popular it's grown for the last two years. I mean, you look at all the groups on Facebook and social media and everywhere. There's just groups on groups and platforms coming out to accommodate all these games and stuff. So I think definitely Wizards of the Coast and their direction is just going to not only increase the fan base of this wonderful platform, but also make it to where it becomes a global worldwide phenomenon even bigger than what it already is and uh it's just a blessing to be sharing in this space uh and uh, really enjoying what has uh, become of this whole thing old and new alike can really just come together and enjoy the core of role playing and stuff like that so that's it that's it indeed but guys it's been great having you both here great having the crew from vampires and yeah. here as well yeah absolutely tremendous dm roundtable it just started with you and i adam but it eventually got to the dm roundtable deed but i want to thank each and every one of you for spending time with me today on this day i know with busy lives you got a lot of things going on but i appreciate you spending the time with me today to talk about how accessible DD truly is and if it inspires anyone to go ahead and join up today with a game local in your area or <laughs> Go ahead on social media, search out games, go and get people into playing D&D on a platform such as Roll20 or whatever you can go ahead and find it on. Because if you search out on social media and just ask out there, you know what? There's a lot of people. You'll find it. Yeah, yeah, you'll find it. Search it out. 
because you'll find them deep. But Victor, yes. great to have you here. Great thank to have you, Adam. Yes. Thank you, <laughs> Melinda, Robbie. Big thank you to them. Roger, thank you to him as well. Go ahead and check out all of our games right here at Facebook at Pop Culture Cosmos. Please go ahead, make sure you like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Once again, thank you so much for joining us. It's another DM Roundtable, and I hope to have one in the near future right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.